Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC, as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. We are so blessed to have with us a very dear friend uh, to our house. Many of you remember him. Last year, we had him for our marriage conference. He had us all laughing, crying, challenged, convicted, and everything in between. It was such a powerful time. Uh, We are so honored to have with us back again to our house a prophet. He's an incredible Bible teacher. Um, He actually started in Seattle, Washington in City Church under the ministry of Pastor Wendell Smith. Many of you might know Judah Smith and and Wendy Perez. He was their youth pastor, helped raise them up. And uh, he now pastor church in Ventura. Actually, have three campuses that are thriving. He's an awesome, again, Bible teacher, strong prophetic gift on his life. You're going to love him. But more importantly, I know that God is going to bless you through him. So as we remain standing, would you give a warm Freedom House welcome to Pastor Jude from City Church Ventura, the man of God. Come on, somebody. Good evening. Keep standing just for a bit. Hey, you guys, for sure, you you have two of the greatest pastors in all of California. I'm going to go a little bit further than that. I think Josiah and Marie are two of the greatest pastors in the entire United States of America. Aren't you glad you have good-looking pastors? My gosh. Hey, you know what? I I feel right now, Josiah and Marie, a scripture dropped in my heart. I wasn't even thinking of this when I uh, hit those stairs. Uh, It's Isaiah 64.4. It says, no eye is seen, no ears heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man how God will involve himself for those who wait for him You have waited on the Lord, and now he is going to be involved in every area of your life, from your money to your wife, from your kids to your ministry, things that you have stopped asking God for. Look, in 2020, it's going to begin to happen. You're going to begin to say, and this worked out, and that worked out, and God came through. 2020 is a year of the miraculous. Can you say amen? Can you show love to Marie and Josiah, Josiah and Marie? Give it up. Bam. I think Josiah is going to become, it's already happened, not become, he already is. I just saw this, that you're going to have access and entry even into government officials, offices. And because you were willing to go to people in the gutter, if you will, the uttermost, God is now going to give you access, not just to millionaires, but billionaires. And I want to say something. I feel this very strongly in the next 18 months. Someone in this room, three people in this room, you're not a millionaire yet, but you will become a millionaire. They are three people in our church in the last 24 months. One guy owned his electrical company, he's an electrician, signed a contract with Tesla for 15 million. Another couple who was 150,000 in debt, not only paid it off, they make a million a year. They're some of the top sellers on Amazon. God is gonna turn your business around in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbors say, my gosh, fasting's looking good on you. Look at your other neighbors say, 2020's your year. Did you get a pedicure? Did you get a facial? Is it a spa treatment? You're glowing tonight, my God. Sit down, sit down. My gosh, this church is awesome, awesome. How many of you are fasting? I know, I know. How many of you know fasting's good, but food is better? (laughs) Uh, We just ended 21 days of prayer and fasting, and you can never underestimate uh, what you do 
in a time of prayer and fasting, I do not believe that we pray and fast to get God's approval or blessing. We already have that. I'm not trying to align God to my life. I'm trying to align my life, my will, my thoughts to God. You know, now I don't know how you've done that. My wife, she cracks me up every year. She starts off. I say, babe, what do we do 21 uh, days of fasting. This is our ninth year. Babe, what are you going to fast? And she goes, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing water. I'm just doing water. You know, by the afternoon, she's doing tea and coffee and water. <laughs> the next day, she's doing yogurt smoothies. <laughs> then she switches to Daniel. I go, babe, did Daniel eat blue cheese dressing on his vegetable? Kid you not, one year, uh, then the next day she's putting chicken on the Daniel fast. <laughs> this is not a joke. When one year, uh, I said, now, okay, what do you fast? She went from liquids to, to smoothies to Daniel, Daniel with chicken, Daniel with fish on other days. And I said, what are you fasting? She says, I'm not doing any meat. And so I went to lunch with a couple after church. She went with another couple. And she said, babe, what did you uh, have for lunch? I said, I had an old dry salad, just like Daniel. I said, what did you have? She said, I had lamb. I said, I, said, I thought you weren't doing meat. She goes, no, it's not meat, it's lamb. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God is gonna do a miracle for you. And there's someone here tonight, you have been fasting for a family member. And I know what that is. Years ago, in 1983-84, I was fasting for my twin sister. I had a womb mate. Oh. And she was a cocaine addict, an alcoholic. And the Lord said, if you fast liquid seven days, I will see. And I saw a huge change, not a little change, huge industrial trains breaking off. And I didn't know any better that when you did a liquid fast, you, you should just do juice. But I did Mountain Dew, coffee, you know, but it was just liquid, all right? Don't judge me. I kid you not, my twin sister not only got set free from drugs and alcohol, she got born again, touched by the Spirit. She would graduate college as a nurse, marry a Christian man has two successful children, and she's still liberated and set free. I'm here tonight to tell you, you are not fasting in vain. God is gonna break every chain. God is gonna break every label. God is gonna renew you. God is gonna quicken you. God is not a small God. Our God is a big God, and he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above. I haven't even got to my message. My God, you people sit down. Look at your neighbor, say 2020. Say it again. I want to do this. Thank you, thank you very much. Because if you keep playing, I'm going to keep preaching crazy. But I am going to call you back. My gosh, look at the gal with the hat, the cool hair. The computer in the earphones. Unbelievable. What is your name? Raina. Raina. Okay, okay. Do you guys think I should give her a scripture? Yeah. Okay, Raina, here it goes. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than you have asked, thought, hoped, or imagined, according to the power that works in you because you believe... It's going to be bigger than you thought. It's going to be greater than you imagined. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. It's more than an infomercial. God does not overpromise and underdeliver. Your God overpromises and overdelivers in Jesus' name. Bam. And another one bites the dust, and another one gone. Oh, you guys are crazy. My gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Okay, I want to tell you this. Obviously, you know this. We have just turned into a new decade. And the reason why these 21 days of prayer and fasting for you, for us, our nation, and our lives, and our family, this church, is very important 
We're not going, for example, from 2018 to 2019. We're going into a new decade. So in 2020, I want to have 2020 vision of God. I want God in 2020. And if our vision of God is clear, then we will begin to see who we really are. Some of you, your vision of who you are have become cloudy. You don't even know who you are anymore. But this year, you're not, have to, you're not gonna have to discover who you are. You're gonna see who God is. Then you will see who he created you to be. And because I am, I'm, I'm really old, okay, I know I look young, I am a miracle, okay? <laughs> but in the 60s, and, and I love music in the 60s, I love Diana Ross, I love Motown. Motown has to be one of the greatest years ever. Then the 70s, come on, disco, night fever, night fever, Bee Gees singing like they were women, but they were still good. 80s has got to be the best uh, era of music. It was a decade. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. Then you know the 90s. Oops, Britney Spears, she did it again, then again, you know? Then the year 2000, we had Backstreet Boys. Now they're really, you know? Then we got into the year, not only 2000, we got the Jonas Brothers, and they're now coming back. Can I say tonight, as we go into a new decade, and God told me to tell you this, you will not recognize Freedom House 10 years from now. In fact, you will begin to say, I was there when they were in that very small location. Everyone say 2020. And, and I really do believe this. And, and again, I, for me, I'm gonna turn 60 in March. Yeah, I said 60, and I know I look good. Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. My God, 60? My dad's younger than you. Well, I'm not your dad. Come on. I want to tell you what happened to me, and I'm going to get right into the message. Every year, I have a word for my own life, and I pick my word for 2020 and 2019. I wanted my word for 2020, I wanted that actually for last year. And the word was gonna be impossible. What was impossible with men will become possible with God. And so I was already telling all my friends, I was gonna even get a tattoo impossible across my chest. Thank God I didn't because I changed the word. <laughs> Two days after Christmas, I got up and I was by myself and I felt like God, he spoke this almost audibly to me. He said, be still and know I am God. He said, and he showed me it was a matter of 15 seconds. And if you're in my age of cul-de-sac, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, I saw my 20s. And that's when Jesus discovered me. And he got me and he showed me things that he had accomplished in me. Then he showed me my 30s, my 40s, and things that had happened. In my 50s, we had our pastor die. My wife uh, was diagnosed with cancer, but I stand before you, she is now seven years cancer-free. And when he showed me my 50s, you see, I'm 59, come March 7th, I I'm leaving a decade, and I'm entering another decade. And he said, Jude, he says, in your 50s, you were struck down, but you were not destroyed. You were shaken, but you're still standing. He said, I allowed these things to happen. It was not me. It was the enemy. He said, because I wanted you to shred an old wineskin. He said, no longer are you going to try to perform through prayer or fasting or any other mechanism to get my favor. You're going to be still and you're going to know that I am for you in your silence. He says, I am going to begin to speak to you. He says, I am going to put my power in you and through you in this new decade and he said I'm gonna change California he says I have put revival in the atmosphere of all of California from Reading to San Diego he said in gospel preaching Christ-centered churches are not only gonna be added to they're gonna begin to multiply this is our year come on can you say amen
You guys pull on stuff in me. I need to get to the message. So everyone say 2020. Say God in 2020. Now, I want you to know this. You may not know this, but the number one way that God reveals himself in Scripture, and I want you to open your Bibles, get your Bibles out, get your U version out, however you do it, just get your Bible out, is through the names of God. In the names of God, there's hundreds of names of God in the Bible concerning God. And that is the number one way God begins to reveal himself to us. And when we begin to see God more clearly, we will trust him more completely. I want you to write that down. Did you get that? When you and I get 2020 vision and you say, how do we get 2020 vision of God through his names? We will see him more clearly and trust him more completely. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to just draw a line on your paper or somehow on your smartphone. There are two categories of names of God in the Bible. They're the creative names of God and the redemptive names of God. Can you say that with me? The creative names of God, a little bit louder. The and the redemptive names of God. Now, I want you to get this. Hebrew scholars said this, God is his name and his name is himself. When you and I begin to know and understand the names of God, we will see God more clearly and trust him more completely. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalms 910. Psalms 910. And it says this, and it says in Psalms 9:10, it says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. The way we literally handle a name is our relationship with the one who has the name. My wife, with our grandchildren, they call her BB. And, and so they re, they, the way they handle her, they trust her in her name because of who she is. Go to another scripture with me. Go to Proverbs 18.10. Everyone say, in 2020, I will see God more clearly and I will trust him more completely now this is what Proverbs says it says the name of the Lord is a strong tower in the righteous manner the New King James says this and the righteous run to it and are safe how many of you have been in church more than 20 years okay a few of you then do you know that song the name of the Lord is a strong okay Pastor Josiah knows it and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Everyone say, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. I want you to go to Psalms 91, and we're going to look at the two verses. And again, there are hundreds of names. We're only going to look at one name. But I want to show you this. How many of you believe that David saw God like very few human beings? In this chapter, in this two verses, in Psalm 91, he uses four different names for God. We usually say God or Lord. That we use two. But in Hebrew, there are hundreds of names. I want you to get this. Psalms 91, verses 1 and 2. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Everyone say Most High. The Hebrew word there is El Elyon, and it literally means the supreme God, the supreme God. You know how we have a local court, a district court, a federal court, then we have the supreme court. David says this, he who dwells, lives in, makes his home in the place of the most high. Can I tell you right now, I don't care what person has labeled you in your past. I don't care who's tried to indict you. They are a lower court. You are now living under the place of the supreme God. Not a low God, not a little God, but a supreme God. And he is going to give you a new name and a new label. Can you say amen? It says, shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Everyone say almighty. Say most high. Say almighty. 
in the Hebrew word for almighty is Shaddai. And that literally means sufficiency. I feel here for a young woman, you have been feeling inadequate because of a soul tie in your past. God is saying, that is over. Your past isn't going to define you. You're not insufficient. You are under the shadow of Shaddai. Now, true story, in 1976, I was 16 years old. My dad died instantly of a heart attack. In 1986, on the same day, June 22nd, I just became a youth pastor, and my mom had a massive heart attack. Then she had a quadruple bypass surgery, then another massive heart attack, and the devil said, just like I stole your dad, I am now taking your mom, and mom wasn't even born again. And I've been contending, and some of you are fasting for a relative. I got on a plane, I was going from Colorado to Louisiana. Everyone say, abide under. No, a little bit louder now. Give me one more. Okay, it says abide under the shadow of Shaddai or the Almighty. And so I'm on a plane, and I don't know if you're facing something that's so overwhelming. I could barely think. I couldn't read my Bible. And I said, God, you need to speak to me. Mama's dying, and she will go to hell. And, and I kid you not, the word shadow came up out of my heart and struck my mind. And it was Psalms 23, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Then I just said, God, you got to give me something more than that. Shadow came up a second time. In Acts, Peter's shadow fell on sick people and they were healed. Then all of a sudden, somebody say, God, say almighty God, say almighty then all of a sudden, this scripture shot in my spirit. And, say, and he said, your mother is not abiding under the shadow of death. She is, un, uh, she is abiding under my shadow. She will live. She will not die. Can I tell you, mama lived. Mama accepted Jesus Christ. Mama didn't go to hell. We are not just abiding under anyone's shadow. We're under the shadow of the almighty. Come on. Can you say yeah? yeah? So everyone say most high. Most high. Say almighty. almighty. Now this is what it says. It says, I will say of the Lord. Say that with me. I will say of the, say it with some attitude. Now that one is Yahweh. Now this is very important. I want you to say this. Say Elion. Say supreme God. Supreme. Say almighty. almighty. Say Shaddai. Shaddai. Say I will say of the Lord. Now, let me tell you right now, you know what that one is? That's Jehovah. That is Yahweh. That's the personal covenant name of God. Now, listen, my wife, before we got married, she practiced writing our name. With my last name, you had to practice it. And so she, she'd write Mr. and Mrs. Jude Fuquay. She wrote it over and over. Can I tell you right now, she couldn't use my name if she dated me. But once she married me, she has access to my name. Some of you have been dating Jesus and wondering why there's no power in a personal covenant name you need to stop dating jesus oh uh -uh. come on is someone with me everyone say married to jesus so everyone say elion say shaddai say yahweh it says, he is my refuge and my fortress. Now, this is where I want to get, and this is the name. We're only looking at one name tonight. Everyone say, my God. My God. Say it again. Man, I love saying that. Do it one more time. A little bit louder now. It says, my God, in him I will trust. When you see God more clearly through his names, you will trust him more completely. Everyone say, my God. Now listen, that name is Elohim, and that means not a God of might, a God of power, a God of creativity, a God of all might, all power, all creativity. And I want to take you the first place where this is mentioned. This name is mentioned. Go to Genesis chapter 1. You don't even have to look at the tabs on your Bible. Everyone say, my God. My God. Say it again. Now, this is what the Bible says, and I want you to really get this. In Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God. Say that with me. One more time. In the beginning, God. One more time. Now listen, God never wrote the scriptures to begin to convince you and me that he's real. 
He just, he just said, in the beginning, me. And in the beginning of this new decade, it is not about just Freedom House or your house, my house, or the White House. It's not about my money. It's not about my health. It's not about my dreams. In the beginning, God. Did you get that? You see, there's always a beginning. And then there is an end. Usually we start off in the beginning, me, my dreams, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my money. And then when we get in the middle and we get stuck, we try to call on God. If God is not in your beginning, he will not be in your end and will not show up in your middle. Are you with me? Everybody wants to know their purpose in life. What am I here for? What am I to do? No, our purpose begins in the beginning, God. Can you say amen? amen. Now get this. The word there, God, is Elohim. Say that with me. Elohim. Say it like you're Hebrew. Elohim. It's kind of throaty. Elohim. <laughs> you know. Now, now get this. It means a God of all might, all power, all creativity. Okay? All might, all power, all creativity. Sovereign God. Now listen to this. In the time Moses wrote this. Many people believed in El, E-L, like the God of the sun, the God of the Nile River, the God of mountains, the God of the moon. But this name, Elohim, means that God is one, but he is more than one on the inside. So let me prove This name, Elohim, is used from Genesis 1-1 all the way through the third chapter of Genesis. It's the only name of God. It is the first name that God chooses. It's a title, okay? And so get this, it says in Genesis 1, 26, and God said, everyone say God, God. say one God. one God, say it again, say it again. It says, and God said, let us. Yeah. Now, did Moses not take English? Did he not take Hebrew? It says, and God said, let us make man in our image. So the Lord made man in his image. What is that? Elohim is one. But he's more than one on the inside. We believe in one God, but he is Father, he is Son, he is Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Everyone say Elohim. And it means a God of all might, all power, all creativity. Now get this, say it with me. Say, in the beginning, God. Now this is where it's going to get really good and your life is going to change forever. As we come into 2020 and pastor josiah i feel this so strongly for every leader every pastor every business person god is a god that does not need anything to create create something god creates something out of nothing now i want you to say the first three words of the bible with me say in the beginning god I guess that's four words. I'm not good at math. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> Everyone say, in the beginning, God. What's the word that follows? I'll tell you. In the beginning, God created. You know why we want to see and know and experience Elohim? Because anytime God comes into your life, Elohim comes into my life, God begins to create. Now, that Hebrew word for create is bara, B-A-R-A. And it means to create something out of nothing. You see, there is another Hebrew word in Genesis 2 where it says Elohim. He formed, he fashioned man out of the dirt. So that's not bara. He took something and he made something out of it. When God took the rib out of man, if you're a young man here and you go, I need a woman, uh-uh. God needs to put you to sleep. Come on. That's a word for someone right there. I'm just trying to get my wife. No, you need to take a nap right now. Let God bring you your wife, all right? So everyone say, create something out of nothing. So but when God 
took, he, how he made the woman, he took a rib out of the man. He took something and made the woman. So you see, God created man out of dirt. And whatever you're created out of, that's what you like to get involved with. And that's why men like to get dirty. Now, women, they're not made from the dirt. They're made from the man. And he took a part of man, the rib, made something out of something. And that's why women know how to get into men's heads. Come on. Uh, but say this with me. Say it with me. Say, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But wait, no, no. We'll stop with this. Say, in the beginning, God and it's Elohim, and it means created power. He created something out of nothing. Now, let me tell you this. This name is not a personal name of God. It is a title of God. Now, you don't believe this. You may believe it. But most people, when they introduce me, they never can say my last name. And, and so usually they'll say, uh, can we just introduce you as Pastor Jude? And so because my first name they think is Pastor, they think my last name is Jude. <laughs> and so we have three grandchildren and Jack, who's now three and a half, when he was born, I think women do this more than men. My wife and her friends, they, they would talk. They'd go to green tea, coffee. They're always talking, what are your grandkids going to call you? And she goes, oh, I don't know. She came home. True story. She came home. She goes, I know what our names are, are going to be. I'm thinking, oh, Lord. And because you see, in the Bible, a name is very important. A name represents your character. Like, for example, they had a guy named Nabel, and that L-E-L -E is a name for God. And Nabal means fool. And you know why? Because Nabal didn't have God in his life. And the Bible says the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. Daniel, L, God is in his name, means God will be judged. So it didn't matter what emperor, whether they threw him in the lion's den, whether they said we're going to kill you, it didn't matter because God was going to be his vindicator. And so it's your character. Now, another reason for names in the Bible is uh, your, your function. Like if you're a doctor, a coach, a teacher. Well, you'll never guess what they call Jesus. They call him Savior. And you know why they call him Savior? Because that is who he is. And can I tell you right now, you're going, but I'm a sinner. Hey, good. But Jesus is a better Savior than I am a sinner. Come on. And then another reason, not just character, not just function, another reason for a name in the Bible is your experience. And I really feel this tonight. You're going to have an experience. I'm going to have an experience. We're already having an experience with Elohim, a God who can create something out of nothing. And some of you have been labeled, and the devil is opposite of God. He will take something and make nothing out of it. Abram's name, Abram's name was father of success. He has a God experience with Elohim, and his name is changed to Abraham, the father of multitudes. Are you with me? God is going to give you an experience. Jacob, a smooth operator, surplanter, deceiver. All of a sudden, he wrestles with the God of heaven and earth. said, no longer are you going to have to manipula manipulate your way to success. You are now a prince. You're Israel. You've wrestled with God, and now you will be changed. Tonight, someone will be changed for Ever. Okay, now this is where we're going to end. So say it with me. Say it with me. Say, in the beginning, God. I want you to just sit up a little bit. Now I want you to breathe. You don't have to shut your eyes, you'll fall asleep. You're fasting. Okay, breathe in and breathe out. My wife came to me. She goes, I know what our grandparents' names are going to be. I thought, oh, Lord. She said, I'm going to be Lolly. This is true. I'm not making this up. And you're going to be Pop. We're going to be Lollipop. I thought, babe, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I will not be called Lollipop. Because I travel all over. I know someone who's well-known. You would probably know this speaker too, minister. His grandkids call him G-Daddy. Whoa, whoa, G-Daddy. 
No, 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 no one's calling me G-Daddy. That sounds like a thug. So my wife and her friends came up that your grandchildren are going to call you BB. So right when they were born, she's going, beep, 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 beep. And it was like it was so robotic. I said, what if they want to call you TT or PP? I mean, why, why are you forcing this? She said, well, babe, what do you want the grandkids to call you? I said, well, you know, I'm a good dad. I think I'm going to have them just call me simply granddad because dad is what I am, but granddad means the best dad. <laughs> So when our oldest grandson, he was about two, he did start calling Becky BB, BB, BB. But I kid you not, the first thing he called me and we were all around and he kind of looked at me and, and he looked again and this kid's me more than his dad is me. In fact, I told his dad, I said, you know what? I raised you, now you get to raise me, good luck. <laughs> I kid you not, he looked at me, I kid you not, he looked at me, he goes, Jude. <laughs> he called me, and my son goes, no, 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 you can't call him Jude. You have to call him, I go, no, no. You let the boy be. <laughs> so he and my other grandkids, they were at our house for Christmas, and the day after Christmas, the day of Christmas, he gets up, I'm up, he goes, comes upstairs, he goes, Jude, he goes, can you give me a chocolate milk, a waffle, and turn on the cartoon channel? <laughs> now, normally, if I didn't love him and know him and have such a deep relationship, I'd say, get it yourself. Can I tell you right away when he said, Jude, can't, I said, right here. Some of you approach God like God. And that's why you have no faith that God is more than a God. He's a personal God. And you can ask him and you can ask him and you can ask him. Ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. Come on, why are you asking so small? Why are you believing so little? Who is your God? Come on. Kid you not. It was the afternoon. They all went to the beach. We live on the beach. And it's him and I. He said, Jude, chocolate milk. Can you put on the TV? And so I thought, I'm going to go watch a college football game. So I went to my office and I'm watching. He goes, Jude. He goes, come and snuggle with me. At first I thought, no, I'm going to watch my game. And the Lord said, yes, and he won't always ask you to snuggle. He said, but what I want, this is what he told me, what I want from you and my people in 2020, tell them instead of writing that big list of all those prayers, if they just ask me, Elohim, come and snuggle. And where the presence of the Lord is, there is victory, there is freedom, there is healing, there is prosperity, there is protection, there are miracles. There, come on! Woo! Everybody say, in the beginning, God. Say it again. All the women said, man, these women have attitude. That's, that's Pastor Marie getting on you guys. Come on. All the men said, oh, that's when all the women <laughs> and you know what's amazing the reason why God has to have so many names because he's so vast and infinite they used to call my wife little Becky she's 5'2 I'm a little bit over 6 foot and one of the reasons and I called her little Becky you said why did you call her well everybody called her little Becky we were from Louisiana we're fifth cousins we met at a family reunion <laughs> I'm not joking people People from Louisiana, we have cousins named Kiki, Mama, Boo Boo, Cookie. Come on. But I like calling her little Becky because when you say why, little Becky, because it made me feel like Big Jude. Well, when she got in her 30s, she says, I don't want you calling me little Becky anymore. I'm 30. And so I call her Becky, babe. I have a personal name that's between lovers, not gonna tell you. 
Now, if I'm frustrated or I'm not understanding her, I'll call her Rebecca. <laughs> Everyone say, in the beginning, God. I really want you to, God's here. I feel God right now. I'm not joking you. I feel not only a God, but the God who created everything. Almighty God, we invite you now into Freedom House as never before. In 2020, the story will begin to resound all over not only Southern California, it will reach Central California, up to Northern California, that God is with them. In the beginning, God. And any time God comes, he creates. And you know what that word is? Bara. To create something out of nothing. So what is it in the beginning? God, Bara, created something out of nothing. Remember David? Psalms 51. He had a man murdered that was a good friend. And he committed adultery with the friend's wife. And she was pregnant. Psalms 51 says this. It's one of my favorite verses. Psalms 51.10. Get this. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Take anything away. My iPhone. My Uber friend. But don't take the spirit away from me. You know what the word there is? Bara. You know what David said? God, create purity out of adultery and murder. I have ruined everything. God, I need a Genesis week right now. I cannot afford to go into 2020 into the same cul-de-sac of dysfunction, in addiction, in darkness, in brokenness. God, I need you to create something out of nothing where I was damaged, where I was labeled, where I was stuck. God, I need you to create where I cannot create. You can start playing because I'm an end. You know what it says in Corinthians? The devil who is coming to nothing. Please get this. We're ending. It says the devil and his demons who are coming to nothing. I'm going to say it again. The devil who is coming to nothing. The devil and his demons who are coming to nothing. I read that. The Lord said he wasn't always nothing. Who do you think's trying to make you nothing? Who do you think's trying to destroy us? God said, in the day I made him, he was something. He said, it is Satan who takes something and makes nothing out of him. I am a God who takes nothing and I will make something out of him. <laughs> Say this with me. Say, God. In 2020, they had a man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Jesus, he didn't call him healer, didn't call him savior, didn't call him redeemer. What did Blind Bartimaeus say? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. And you say, why did he say son of David? You know what he was saying? Jesus, the same one who created purity out of nothing, the same God who created the world out of nothing, the same God who creates something out of nothing. Give me sight where there is no sight. Now get this, get this a little bit lower because you got to get this. Everyone say, in the beginning, God created. You'll never guess what that word create is. Bara, B-A-R-A. And you know what it means? To create something, say it with me, to create something. Okay, what are the first three letters of bara? B-A-R. You know what B-A-R 
You're going, bar, let's go. No, you're fasting. I said in Hebrew. You know what bar is? Have you ever heard of a Hebrew or Jewish person? Bar mitzvah. You know what bar is in Hebrew? Son. Son. So you know what God is saying? In the beginning, Elohim, the God of might, power, creativity, through his son will create things out of nothing. Through his son, all things have been made and created for him, by him, through him, in Jesus' name. Jesus is the creator. Jesus is the one who does the miracle. It's Jesus, the Son. Now, everyone stand up. I got to tell you this one story. One story. Everyone say, in the beginning, Elohim created. Bara, Son, creates all things. And he's going to give you a new future and a new start. And you're not going to be labeled by that anymore. In fact, he's going to give you a new name. He's going to give you a new identity. Can you say amen? This is a true story. Say something out of nothing. I was in the airport in Seattle. We helped start the church in Seattle, a pilot for Alaska Airlines. This is now over two years ago. I just went through TSA. He said, Pastor Jude, he said, will you pray that my daughter, ben, uh, my daughter, Laura, who's married to Ben, she was in our Bible college in Seattle. They can't have any children. Uh, they have an adopted child from Africa, and they're going to be adopting a frozen embryo. But would you pray that they would have a baby from their own body? And I thought, wow, that, that needs a miracle. And I said, okay, I got to get on my plane, but give me your hand. And so I said, God, right now, thank you that you're going to give them a baby. Thank you for them adopting. But almost like a holy belch that it came out of my mouth. And I knew it wasn't me, but it was Jesus. And I said, in one year, Ben and Laura will have a child from their own body. I forgot about it. A year later, I get an email. It says, do you remember? And the email says what I just told you. They said, they went, the infertility doctor went in, they did an ultrasound, nothing was in her womb, and they inserted the adopted frozen embryo that they bought from an embryo clinic. And a few days later, they did an ultrasound to see if the heart is beating. And they noticed that they had two babies. And they said, well, the frozen embryo must have been twins, and we didn't know it. So they would keep regular ultrasounds. Then they, when it came time, they were both boys. And they said, yeah, it's the embryo. Then she would deliver the twin boys. They did a blood test on the first baby, and 100% it was not a child of their body. It was the DNA of the parents who donated the embryo. The second child, they did a blood test, and it was 100% a child of her body in Ben's body. That is impossible. Because when a woman is pregnant, you can't get pregnant again. They did an ultrasound before they inserted the embryo, but yet she got pregnant. Our God can create something out of nothing. During these 21 days, this church is like the Virgin Mary. The power of the Most High is going to overshadow you, and you are going to birth things for God. You say, can a nation be born in a day? Yes, cities are going to be revived in a day. We are now entering into a new decade, Freedom House, where people are going to begin to hear of this church. It will be on the news. It will be in the papers. People will begin to write about it, talk about it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, if you need a miracle right now, I believe blind people, you have an eye that you can't see out of. It's being healed right now. An ear that you cannot hear out of. It's happening right now. They had two girls, Seattle, literally legally blind, 
perfect vision this day, 2020. God is a miracle worker now. Cancer's leaving. Deafness is leaving. Migraine headaches are leaving. Someone has a tumor underneath your armpit. Check it. You will see God is healing it. Our God is a miracle worker. Addictions are being broken. Lives are being changed. Right now, I set you free in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, I want to ask this right now. If you would say, I believe in God, but I have never put my trust in God. Let me tell you something. God never overpromises and underdelivers. There's no fine print in this Bible. When you buy a car, sometimes there's fine print. There's no fine print. It's all big letters. God overpromises, God overdelivers, but you say, I haven't been fully trusting him with my entire life. That's because maybe you didn't know the name of the God who creates something out of nothing. Now, if that is you, you're saying, I want to put my full trust 2020 in Jesus Christ. I want you to lift your hand right now. Okay, wait, let me re-ask that. That's half the people. I must have said it wrong. If you have not been trusting God completely, but you want to trust him tonight with your whole life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Everyone pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I call on your name. And I believe you are forgiving me of everything I've ever done wrong. You're coming into my heart. You're coming into my life. And I call on the name of the Lord. And I am saved. I'm saved from me. I'm now a new person. The old is gone and the new has come. I am a new person in Jesus' name. Can you give them a hand clap? Pastor Josiah, I'm going to have you come up. True story. On January 12th, I was at Glen Bertosh Church in Modesto preaching. Right before Thanksgiving, he had a third heart attack. He was dead for 35 minutes. And he died eight times. And I called Micah Breton. They said, 1% chance he'll even make it, but he's not. I said, Micah, that's a lie. We serve a God of all power. I said, you go put that, put your iPhone on speaker, go into the ICU. He's on ventilator. I said, Pastor Glenn, this is Jude. You will not die. Can I tell you right now, he's living, he's breathing, he's talking, he's preaching. You can meet, read the medical report. Eight times he died. I think there's someone here tonight. The devil tried to take you out several times, but you are here. That death sentence is over. You're going to live and you're not going to die. You're going to live abundantly. You're going to live victoriously. Our God is a God who changes us. Come on. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.